everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more recordings of our sermons or to find our podcasts, visit begrace.org podcast. To find more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. My name is Eunice. I'm Kendrick. I'm Chris. I'm Dave. And I'm Joey. <laughs> Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, Eunice. I'm trying to make Eunice take over the podcast, and so this was my first step in my long list of evil plans. This is the list here. Uh, not really. I'm World just domination. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. If you're on YouTube, uh, we know yours is working. If you're on Facebook, we think it's working too. Uh, it's uh, always an adventure making the live stream start. I don't know why it's always different, but it feels like it is always different all the time, every week. And so I just asked Chris to do that, and Chris does it. So we said, is it ready? And he finally said, yes. And so that's where we're at right now. So if you're joining us live, we think it's working. Uh, if you're not live and you listen to podcasts later, I'm sure you love us always talking about that. That's great. Well, this week we are in Jan... Daniel. Daniel, 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 Daniel is not the right word. Daniel, chapter 10, in our series on what to do when the world falls apart. And this week, we said that when the world falls apart, you should resist the unseen powers. And I'm wondering if unseen powers are even real. I don't see them. They don't affect me. What's going on? What is all this stuff people always talk about? If you don't see it, it's not real. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been Sunday Recap, the weekly. <laughs> Am I fired yet? I struggled with that one because the text really doesn't try to prove you know so we have a we have a modern worldview that says if i can't see something it doesn't exist and but the text doesn't really deal with that modern world you know the text doesn't spend a lot of time answering that text is just like there it is it's real um and so i was trying to i was trying to follow the text and not spend a lot of time proving that point but i would argue that Mm. intuitively we know things like love and justice and things like that exist. Even even people that are thoroughly secular actually believe in some abstract unseen concepts. So I think that might be a helpful way to to get people started that are that are maybe doubters. What do y'all think? For Anyone sure. have any crazy <laughs> unseen power stories? Ooh, I actually have a lot, but Ooh. we don't have time for that. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, so I think it's a cultural thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, like in conversations, like Westerners are more um, like resistant to the spiritual world, you know, mm-hmm. like that the that spiritual the spiritual world even exists, like, but. Um, I mean, like, I am I was born in America, but I was raised in a Korean household. And so, mm. like, 
culturally I would be I'm like a mix between American and Korean Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like Eastern cultures like we know like are usually more spiritual like we uh, we talk about like or my mom would always like yell at us like don't say bad things because the devil will hear and then he'll make it come true type of thing Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean like there were so there I, I have many stories of like like my own personal experiences but like friends experiences of like demons showing their faces like and like showing themselves and like trying to scare and like i mean like if it's it's fear it's always about fear right like they Mm. want you to be afraid and blah 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 blah, but yeah Mm. wow that's kind of creepy Eunice. it is it is it is really (laughs) scary but i think like i think like if you it's like one of those things like if you believe then you kind of just are more aware of it. Mm. Whereas, like, if you don't believe, you just are like, oh, that was a freak accident. Like, it was just a shadow or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, we, yeah. My friends and I have had co- the conversation of, like, is even... It almost seems like the, uh, like, maybe Satan's strategy in different countries is different based on the culture. Mm. Like, I, I have had friends who, who went on mission trips to, like, Africa and just the strange strange stories that they would that would happen there and it's kind of like i don't know again it's not like the bible is telling us that specific thing but i do wonder about that like is is it more effective in in the west to just you know make us think none of that exists and so we we aren't ready for it you know and for whatever reason in in different places in different cultures the strategy is different the tactics are different you know so but that was a that was a strange thing my, my friends would talk through like, why is it so different in Africa and Chris's than it is here? Yeah, I know mm-hmm. I cut out, but I kept talking. Everyone it's was on still the nodding their heads. So yeah. I was like, uh-huh. is he still talking? And I'm the only one that doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, recording yeah, from no, afar. I definitely, has I definitely agree with the strategy thing. I mean, I think, I think that is the demonic strategy in the West is mm-hmm. of course, Nothing exists exists except what we can see. I mean, I think that is the number one strategy mm-hmm. of evil. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I think culturally for me, I'm sort of in the boat with Eunice, mm-hmm. uh, where it was somewhat like borderline just being superstitious uh, mm-hmm. because uh, uh, I've had pastors in the past that would say things like uh, another scripture Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, like Eunice mm-hmm. was saying. It's mm-hmm. because Job said, because Job feared. So these mm-hmm. demonic forces heard Job, mm-hmm. and, and that's what they asked God to to do to Job uh, mm-hmm. when they went and, and asked permission to, to somewhat harm his family and everything. So uh, there's this line of, like, superstition, I think, and it mm-hmm. being <laughs> uh, actually, like, unseen powers mm-hmm. uh and i think the 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 balance in some cultures is this is real um but we're not afraid of it because we have a certain sort of power through jesus and then other cultures are like mm-hmm. deathly afraid of anything demonic anything satanic mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. like uh satanists or anything but they're so aware that this world exists that they kind of like live their lives in fear to disturb that world Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean so that, that, mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
I was going to say that was going to be my next question was, you know, we have some people who basically act like the unseen doesn't exist, but then there are some people who, you know, the other extreme where everything is about that. I was going to ask if anyone has experiences with that or how we should talk about that. Like, is the devil always the one trying to bring me down? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we talked about that the other day. The devil's not everywhere all the time. He's he's limited. But we don't really fully understand how this stuff works. So it's like we quickly get ourselves into trouble trying to describe exactly how angels and demons operate. Because we're like, well, I don't know. I'm not you know, I'm not an angel or a demon. I, they, have, they seem to have powers that I do not have. So uh, that's where I, I just kept coming back to. Man, I think the text just says, this is what you do. You know, you, you do these things and... It doesn't go into a lot of detail of how they operate. But I think I didn't think it is important to remember that, yeah, the devil is not omniscient and omnipotent. You know, he's not everywhere and all powerful, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a reassurance for some people that maybe have the overly superstitious view. Was it um, I think it was Keller that, that had the summary of the flesh, the world and the devil, that those mm-hmm. those are these kind of sources of evil so we have Mm -hmm. our own sinful nature we have Mm -hmm. everyone else's sinful nature and then we have the devil's active work um i think that was helpful to me that was like just trying to trying to summarize when something happens bad those are kind of some categories that it could be and so then you don't just fall into because i think you could i think based on culture and personality maybe you could either say everything bad that ever happens is my fault or everything that ever happens is the devil's fault or um but yeah those those three things help me just kind of see something broader maybe Mm -hmm. yep yeah it's a pretty common the world flesh and devil is like a standard thing that Mm -hmm. like kind of like lots of theologians will say and it's interesting to break it down because you'll realize that different cultures will will actually acknowledge one of them. Like I would say our secular culture acknowledges what we would call the world system issue. You know, they'll talk about systems of oppression and evil, but they don't believe that our flesh is evil. You know, whatever we desire is good and the devil doesn't exist. That would basically be the secular worldview, right? Like um, there is, there is no internal human evil and there is no evil spiritual powers, but there are evil systems and we need to root those out. You know, that's kind of the secular worldview, whereas Christians would say, no, there's actually evil spirits and there's evil inside me too. (laughs) Um, And so we have these, yeah, three different places we have to look. Speaking of the number three, didn't you have three points this week? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) As a matter of fact. (laughs) Best, best I could come up with. Okay. <laughs> way. All right. Your first point this week was fasting is supernatural resistance. Mm-hmm. Your second point was that prayer is supernatural resistance. And your third was that Bible study is supernatural resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything mm-hmm. about overarching fasting, prayer, or Bible study? What do those fall into those categories? How would you categorize those three things? I think he's eating trail mix. I don't want to answer answer the question. Y'all can answer that one. (laughs) Say the question again. Sorry. What's the the category? I was just wondering how those are related. Yeah, fasting, prayer, Bible study. What bucket do we put those in? Kendrick, what do we call those? (laughs) Uh, 
This is Graces, like... disciplines. Disciplines? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Means of grace, you mentioned. Means of yeah. grace. Yeah. yeah. Dave called a means of grace. I was thinking disciplines was what I was going for. It's like mm-hmm. when you're in school and the teacher's like, what do you guys think this is? And it could be like 17 different things. And you don't know what they're actually looking for. Yeah, that, that worked out really well. That was my favorite. My favorite well, from the evening service. Dave did that to all of us. I was just chuckling because he goes, has anyone ever heard that story in Isaiah? Raise your hand. And we're like, and I was like the story uh, that said, <laughs> what? Good <laughs> Isaiah 6. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, that was a good one. And then you said, well, you know, where where the, the angel came and, the, you know, cleansed my... Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, but now the time for raising hands is over. So just so you know, I was going to raise my hand. Next time, whenever you say that, I'm just going to raise my hand no matter what it is. I was already lie, nodding. But... And I was like, wait, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm going to stop nodding. People are like, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a I rabbit trail. Guess, guess you had to be there. Uh, that was that's awesome. what I get for not going to the evening service, huh? It's the place to party. be. It's the place mm. to be. To party. <laughs> cool. Well, we're, spiritual disciplines are a method of supernatural resistance. Mm-hmm, is uh, mm-hmm. another way you could say your points, I guess. But mm-hmm, anyways, mm-hmm. first point was about fasting. And you guys spent a, a good deal of time talking about it in Hanging in the Lobby. So if you missed hanging in the lobby this week, you can go back and catch that at the end of our live stream from church. Uh, but you kind of clarified some stuff that, I mean, you touched on, but uh, in actual fasting and what that can mm-hmm. look like. And mm-hmm. you said, uh, what did you say? It doesn't have to be, I don't know, did you say hardcore or like superhero fasting? I don't remember what you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think people, it's okay to start out with baby steps, you know, like try something small and experiment, you know, try fasting, you know, tomorrow, just skip one meal and say, I'm going to pray instead of taking that meal or, you know, just starting very small and very simple, um, and experiment with different forms. I think it's really helpful in our day and age to fast from media or to set aside time that you would normally waste or, you know, do entertainment and devote that time, you know, to prayer and meditation. Um, so I think it's just really helpful to, to experiment. I think a lot of times people get, we get really frustrated with spiritual disciplines. We try something hard and then it's too hard and then we give up and never try it again, you know, and we think we know what it's about, but it's like, well, that, like there's a lot of different ways to do it. So. What about accidental fasting? I wrote that down in my notes. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's a cool line." What is? Mm-hmm. What? How would you define accidental fasting? I mean, I know you defined it from verse nine. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> so in verse nine, he's reacting to the revelation of the messenger from God, and it kind of knocks him out. He's overwhelmed. So I think I was trying to say there's this this thing that we miss, which I think is part of why fasting was so much more common in ancient cultures is. They just went without everything more than we do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we're so rich and we have so many media options and food options and snack options and control over our time and control over our atmosphere and our climate. You know, we're just, it's hard to even imagine going without on purpose. Like it just seems so bizarre to us because our world is so full. Um, But I think in the ancient world, it was much more common to go without in general. And then specifically in this text, you have like, 
he was freaked out. You know, like that, that is a form of fasting. You know, like if you're heartbroken and sad, like if someone you love dies and you can't eat and you just cry for three days, that that's a kind of fasting, you know, in which you're grieving and crying and mourning. And so I was just kind of trying to show that, that that's, that's a part of the human experience that maybe people could relate to. Um, but we typically think of fasting as a purposeful discipline, which, which I was encouraging, like, Try to try to do it on purpose. Try it on purpose, but recognize this might be a part of your human experience. You know, you might have been broken emotionally over something, and you couldn't eat or didn't want to talk to anybody for a while. You know, I was trying. Oh, sorry, I'm really quiet now. Can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. You did get very quiet. <laughs> oh man, I love computers so much. Every day, I love it. <laughs> y'all, y'all. Okay. Goodness, how about that? Okay, I'm going to hope that that's correct. Uh, I was trying to translate to to make it, you know, to make it really, like, actionable for me. I was thinking, I almost was like, well, maybe it's helpful to me to call it incidental fasting. Like, you're Mm. so um, sort of, you're so in tune to spiritual things and you're so Mm -hmm. moved by the things that move the heart of God that, that sometimes you, you, you know, like he's in, like, um, Daniel's in this moment of just really paying attention and really caring what happens and really watching what God's doing. And, and, you know, there's visions and things happening too. And so I almost think like, that's the, that's the pursuit is to care so much that we might just find ourselves saying like, man, I need to just, I'm going to, I'm compelled to stop eating right now rather than just mm-hmm. I've scheduled it on the calendar and I'm going to do it just because it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm like so uh, open <laughs> to what God is doing that it does move me and that I'm yeah mm-hmm. kind of compelled to incidentally fast. Maybe that, anyway, that was that was kind of the journey I went down of like, what how do I make that actionable and what is that? What could that look mm-hmm. like for me? That's good. Yeah, it does seem like biblically it was more incidental, right? Like this thing is happening, so therefore I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I'm wondering why fast. So you talked about how <coughs> fasting is not ever commanded in Scripture; it's just assumed. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering. I don't know. Maybe like benefits, or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe even just like. Uh, motivate I don't know you're you're saying fasting supernatural resistance and I get mm-hmm. like okay do it to fight the spiritual battle maybe but I'm just wondering mm-hmm. like what what does this really do like we get praying we get reading our bible like that makes sense mm-hmm. why we would do that I guess maybe maybe I'll ask the question again in the next couple mm-hmm. points but I think it opens up space for those other things. I think it's a it's a matter of focus is really so just pragmatically. I mean, I'm sure there's some mysterious element that I, I don't understand as well, but just as pragmatically as possible, fasting is opening up space to practice other spiritual disciplines of prayer, meditation, Bible reading. Um, it's like... Uh, it's like... Here's a good way to think about it. If you go to dinner with your wife and you both decide to bring your phones and play on your phones the whole time, you're not actually having a date with your wife, right? So you might fast, you know, by analogy, you might fast from the phones to free up space 
to talk to each other. Or um, we did this, had this parenting class we went through when we were young parents, and it said, you know, you should set aside time when in the evening or in the morning where mom and dad sit on the couch and tell the kids to give them, you know, a few minutes to chat. And you're just modeling for your kids, like, no, give us some time. And like, we need to talk to each other. You're you're holding them at bay, you know, <laughs> training them to leave you alone for a little while. Um, again, it's like opening up space for that relationship. So I guess I see fasting in that in that sense. We're we're opening up space, um, kind of shutting off the spigot of just constant busyness and distraction in our life to to focus on the Lord. I think it's interesting too. I just thought of it. I think all of the spiritual disciplines, in a sense, are moving to this place of collision between the like perceived reality and the spiritual reality. Like moving mm. to a place where we realize they're not that distance, or we act mm. actively can see that and feel that. Because I think that's mm -hmm. to me that's what I was going to say about fasting is we tend to think our physical needs. And our spiritual needs are pretty far apart or like, mm -hmm. or like what we're experiencing, what we're sensing, <laughs> you know, touching and tasting and, you know, that that is separate, especially in the West, right? Um, and so, fasting is an interesting place where the two things collide and you have to, and you're trying to take, trying to remind your body <laughs> that what you're feeling is, you know, has any spiritual significance at all, right? Like, that God cares about your hunger mm -hmm. um, and that he is more than your hunger. Like he's more important than just you having a full belly. So I don't know. There's something there that I'm trying to like learn to unpack. Um, but I think that to me is an, another way to look at the spiritual disciplines. It's moving to this place of, of where the two collide in, an, in a way that opens your eyes back up and helps you to see the fuller picture. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, there's like a very obvious side of, well, of course, it's good to learn to focus on spiritual things more than your body. You know, like that's basically what it is. That's that just is, makes sense. Common sense discipline. But then the Bible condemns asceticism, the harsh treatment of the body in Colossians. So I think mm. we're, we're kind of like grabbing at. So what's the difference between this like? overdoing it where we're beating ourselves like okay we know that's wrong but discipline and going without is good you know <laughs> so it's like a hard thing to to balance out in our heads mm. Mm. and the mm. other thing this is art, <laughs> art moment with chris but the other thing that it made me think of is i think it was was the celts that that would talk about thin places um mm. Just place, and they, they were talking about geographic locations that felt like more spiritual. You know, we've, we, there's mm -hmm. been, again, that's, that's like not Christianity. <laughs> so, but, but there mm -hmm. is that world, that world of like these places where you feel closer to God, I think is, is, mm -hmm. is something that could be true. And I think the practices feel that way too sometimes where it's just like, chasing after these moments of, of closeness we yeah again it's like we don't even have this language because we know god is omnipresent but then there's also this this our human experience of feeling him more closely mm -hmm. is like a it's like a real thing and uh, the presence mm -hmm. of god and uh, i don't yeah that's that would be an interesting one too dave just for a second i don't know like we've talked a little bit about mm -hmm. that of like that friction of 
feeling God's presence versus he's always with you. And I don't know if you just had any mm. thoughts since we're talking about the spiritual forces of evil. What, what's, what is that like for like the presence of God and the nearness of God? Is that, how do you say that without sounding crazy? <laughs> mm. That's a good question. I think, and I think this is where it all ties together. And of course it was, I actually finished my sermon a little more quickly this week. It wasn't the, insanely long hour-long sermons I've been mm-hmm. doing, but uh, but yeah, there's there's unseen powers for good and for evil, and being aware of God's presence is actually how we fight evil, you know? Um, and so they do they do go together, and I think James 4, 6, and 7 is the most explicit in tying that together, and I, I mentioned that in the sermon. It's as we humble ourselves, we get grace. As we submit ourselves to God, we're also then resisting the devil, Um and that's this this chain of like that's all connected. Um, so I think positively the spiritual disciplines are practicing the presence of Jesus in our life, mm. saying Jesus, you're with me. I trust you. I love you. I acknowledge you, which is mm. the way we fight evil ultimately. So. Mm. Yeah, I think fasting helps us to not worry, you know, as much mm. like the. Mm-hmm. What is that? The why do you worry about what you'll eat? The birds of the air. Mm-hmm. God takes care. Yeah, of it's a good connection. I think that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. And you talked about humility in your mm-hmm. sermon. Mm-hmm. Any yeah. other things about mm-hmm. fasting? Why we should do it? Benefits of it? What it's good for? <clears throat> well, I think I was I was thinking about this a lot, but. Like, the year 2020 has just been kind of crazy, like, mm-hmm. just all year, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and in the beginning of the pandemic, um, I talked to a lot of people, like, I, like, what are we even supposed to do? Like, we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. Like, mm-hmm. we're stuck in our homes, like, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, maybe this is, like, the blessing in disguise. Like, we're being stripped away of all of the things that we think make us make us feel secure right like Mm -hmm. our jobs and like even our church like the building itself like i want to go on church i want to go to church on sundays because that makes me feel better you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we've just been stripped away of like all of the things that we think we need and i and that's Mm -hmm. like what fasting is right like the Mm -hmm. like fasting is like taking away the things that we find like our security in or like Mm -hmm. like even like temporary joys so like social media like our phones even you know Mm -hmm. um i think but yeah i think it's like (laughs) it's just like the sermon is it just came in such a a, like a very applicable time i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah yeah one of the ways like yeah I think that I think that's really important. One of the ways that um, my wife will fast often is a simplicity fast, in a sense, is the word I would use. I kind of used that in my sermon run through, and then I took it out because I thought it was, you know, there's like ten different ways we could talk about, you know, incidental, accidental, you know, abstaining, lament, blah, you know. So there are a lot of ways we could talk about it, but simplicity. She'll just do like a beans and rice fast, where like she's just only eating beans and rice for a month. It's mm-hmm. like. I think Compassion International used to promote something like that where they called it subsistence eating to kind of be in solidarity with third world countries. Um, Mm. But she's like, there are these real benefits. It's like a focusing, simplifying of your life. You know, like, this is just what I do. I don't, I'm not like fantasizing about 
a special meal or a snack or whatever. I'm just like, this is how I eat. And it like, it kind of like, um, compresses or simplifies your life down. Um, yeah. And I think there's, there's real benefits to that. Uh, just read again, reducing distractions, reducing craziness, um, mm-hmm. taking away the things that we think we need, which really are just luxuries. Mm-hmm. I think that's been a big theme that we've kind of talked about <clears throat> on the week recap the past mm. few re- weeks is man i can't talk today it's like <laughs> uh, minimizing uh certain mm. things in our lives and mm-hmm. <clears throat> but i think that it, it reminds me fasting sometimes to just where's my heart uh, mm. in this moment and and just living simplistic i know joel too um says the lord declared turn to me with mm. fasting and weeping and mourning, just mm. turn your just turn your hearts back to God, mm-hmm. um, and, and not in just a crazy way. But now I'm like social media. I try to go and click Facebook, and it's not there right now. And I'm like, ah, what in the world? <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> and it feels so empty. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's, so, it's like what is this life I'm in? And so mm. I think it just reminds me like. Turn, turn to God. Simply mm. put, sometimes, mm. um, kind of like you were stating, and Eunice was saying, "What do we do now?" I think mm-hmm. uh, just abstaining mm. sometimes just reminds me you should you should turn to God. It's not that mm-hmm. you've completely turned away from Him, mm-hmm. but you probably could just trust Him with some yeah. things you don't trust Him with. Uh, just turn to Him. So I think fasting reminds me a ton of mm-hmm. where my heart is. Mm. One, one thing we hadn't really mentioned too, but I think is important is the relationship between fasting and feasting, right? The mm-hmm. Bible talks about both things. I love that it, mm-hmm. the people of Israel commanded to have these celebrations, right? Dave, you've done a great job of like the parties, man. And then heaven's like <laughs> this wedding feast, like heaven's a party, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think what, what one thing we hadn't quite said yet was fasting makes feasting even more beautiful right so mm-hmm. when you like basically we as americans have had a non-stop feast for our whole lives <laughs> you know and yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> for most of us right it's just been mm-hmm. too much all the time and so it really does make you appreciate what you have when you when you just when you don't have it for a second then you're like oh yeah wow mm-hmm. i think even there is a fascinating version of that i, I heard about a church who you know, Lent is sometimes a time people will give up something and then that's leading up to Easter. So, it's that pattern of we're going to do without for a while and then we're going to just celebrate the coming of Jesus. And, I mean, the, the, the crucifixion on and the resurrection on Easter. And um, and so, one church, they, they were used to sound and lights and bright colors everywhere. And so, they just took away all the color from their stage uh-huh. for all of Lent. And then on Easter, they turned all the color back on. And even just that was like a, oh, like color, well, you know, but otherwise it would have just been like, yeah, another Sunday, here it is, you know, but just that, that something about that rhythm of going without to realize what you had in the first place is, is pretty huge. That's awesome. We're going to switch the live stream to black and white for uh, (laughs) (laughs) nice. I like it. That's cool though. I know you're already thinking about doing it. He wants to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. Ooh, ooh. I like it. I think it's good. 
We're only gonna sing one note for every song. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. Monotone <laughs> chanting. Yes, Gregorian chants only. Dude, I'm all about guitar, just voices. We have a Gregorian uh, wind chime. If you want to borrow it to practice, oh. curse. Heck yeah! What's that? Cool. I want one. Oh, Someone buy me that for Christmas. It's, okay, all right. It's beautiful. It's the best sounding wind chime I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> mm. What? That sounds so um, cool. You can come over when COVID's over, and you could come here. Sounds exciting. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, I think we've talked a lot about it already, so we might not have a, uh, that much. But fasting, you know, you don't hear about fasting without hearing about praying. I mean, at mm -hmm. least this type of fasting, you might hear about weight loss fasting. Even mm -hmm. there, you might want to pray. But uh, <laughs> uh, prayer is, I think, a pretty vital part of fasting. It's connected very greatly, and Bible reading too. Um, but mm -hmm. that's often what you'll hear when somebody's explaining fasting, right? Like, you're giving something up, and anytime you think about that, if it's food, anytime your stomach rumbles, you know, mm -hmm. use that as a cue to remember to pray, mm -hmm. uh, etc. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's talk about prayer a little bit. And I guess, I guess my main question is for people who either don't pray or have a hard time praying. Like, what would you say to them? And I mean, I know you would just say, just do it. And you kind of did in your sermon. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I guess mm -hmm. prayer is hard sometimes. And, yeah. and how do we work through that is my question mm -hmm. for this section. Man, I think, I think there's all kind of baby steps that are helpful for different people. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us taught, taught children's prayers for, you know, for our kids uh, some people use memorized prayers, um, praying scripture, meditating on a memory verse or, you know, reciting a verse back to the Lord. Um, so I think there are a lot of different ways to try that, to kind of script them. And then what I want to encourage people that, that think that scripting prayer is weird is to say, well, that, that's like doing drills in a sport, you know, like you dribble over and over and over again so that when you're playing the game, you can kind of be creative with your dribbling, but you do these drills that are kind of, you know, boxed in and very repetitive and you're kind of training yourself and your mind and your muscles. And I think it's that way with scripted prayers. Uh, it's still real, you know, like if I were to read something scripted to my wife or to my kids, it might sound stiff and formal, but it can still be real and it still matters. You know, if I <laughs> write ahead of time, some love poem, you know, for my wife, it's still, I'm still communicating with her. It's a different kind of communication because it's scripted, you know, but there's still real communication <laughs> taking place. So I just encourage people to try it. We're definitely on the more spontaneous, uh, you know, less traditional end of the spectrum as churches go. Uh, some churches are against it, like think it's wrong to do, you know, repetitive scripted stuff. Other churches think like that's all there is, you know, <laughs> and everything is scripted and very traditional. So we're, we lean towards the very unscripted and non-traditional, but you know, we're open to it. And I think it's a good practice to, to come at it from both sides. I think it was Anybody helpful else? too. You talked about, you know, you could even use a book to pray and mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful. Yeah. And I was wondering, yeah. Do you have your every moment holy book in your office right there? Yeah, I don't have it in here. Uh, I have mine. You have yours right there? 
You want to read one for us? I was thinking oh, we yeah. could read one. Ho, ho, ho. I have one, one but it's on the other nice. side of the house. So, actually, it's not that far away. It would probably be like 20 steps, but I'd have to leave this room. I thought you might have it in like reaching distance. <laughs> He's got it in the room. I see it. All right. It's in his hands. Does He's anybody have it a, now? Here's, here's, how about this? Ooh, mm-hmm. Eunice, have you ever read this book before? No? Kendrick, have you ever read this book before? Not this one. Okay. Ooh. All right. So this is the test. I want you to think of a strange subject, but something you have to do, you know, in life. Mm. And tell us it. I don't understand the question. What's like an everyday thing? <laughs> so like Dave, an everyday task. Dave mentioned the sermon like, uh, liturgy for making coffee, you know, or whatever. But Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's something that's not that? So, go ahead. I have an good. idea if she can't come up with one. Yeah, I want the changing diaper ones if they can't come up with one. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a part of my everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I was going to say, since Eunice just just passed her exam, there's one for students and scholars, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, I don't see a passing exam one, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's do the diaper one. Diaper. I change diapers every, Let me, all, nearly every day now, too. <laughs> Let's. I will do that. Let me read it, like just the titles of a few so y'all can yeah, see what yeah. we're even talking about. So, like, um, there's different sections. So, one of the sections is liturgies of the hours. So, they have a one for what? I just realized this book is called Every Moment Holy, and it's by Douglas McKelvey. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good call. Good call. Yeah. And so, so the first section is liturgies of the hours, and it has one for daybreak, midday, and nightfall. So, those are pretty normal. Then it has liturgies of labor and vocation. So, that's another section that has... Domestic days, so like for for parents working at home, uh, yeah. For one who is employed, for those who employ others, for laundering, preparing a meal, preparation of an artisan meal, mm-hmm. uh, keeping of bees, washing of windows, <laughs> home repairs, mm. students and scholars, waiters and waitresses, first responders, medical providers, before taking the stage. That's a good one. Mm. fiction writers changing diapers those who work with wood stone metal and clay Mm. Um, (laughs) then the next section is creation liturgies of creation and recreation so like for arriving at the ocean leaving on holiday sleeping in tents stargazing (laughs) snow Mm. first snow planting flowers so anyway there's just all these like cool Mm. uh yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but yeah. Uh, there's also ones for just when you're sad and don't know why. Mm. If when you suffered a nightmare, the death of a dream, fearing failure. So there's like, yeah, mm. there's a wide <laughs> spectrum. <coughs> one read for the diaper each day. one. Read the yeah, diaper one. Diapers. Okay, We're all waiting. <laughs> there's two of them. There's two of them. So I'll do, uh, the, one. Yeah. I'll do the first one. Here okay. you go. Do the better all one. All right. Also, there's some that are like back and forth, which is cool, uh, like with a group of people. You can do it with your family. Uh, or yeah. Read the parts. Yeah. Yeah. This one doesn't. So that's good. Well, Just, you're not going to read back and forth with the baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, you might. Depends on how smart your baby is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just one more time. The book we're talking about is Every Moment, Every Holy, Moment Holy by Douglas McKelvey. Yeah. 
a reading by Chris Webster. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to so turn on the special diapers. effects for the podcast voice. <laughs> That's good. So a liturgy for changing diapers, number one. Heavenly Father, in such menial moments as this, the changing of a diaper, I would remember this truth. My unseen labors are not lost, for it is these repeated acts of small sacrifice that, like bright ragged patches, are slowly being sewn into a quilt of loving kindness that swaddles this child. I am not just changing a diaper. By love and service, I am tending a budding heart that, that rooted early in such grace-filled devotion, might one day be more readily inclined to bow to your compassionate conviction, knowing itself then as both a receptacle and a reservoir of heavenly grace. So, this little act of diapering, though in form sometimes felt as base drudgery, might be better described as one of 10,000 acts by which I am actively creating a culture of compassionate service and selfless love to shape the life of this family and this beloved child. So take this unremarkable act of necessary service, O Christ, and in your economy, let it be multiplied into that greater outworking of worship and faith, a true investment in the incremental advance of your kingdom across generations. Open my eyes that I might see this act for what it is from the fixed vantage of eternity, O Lord. How the changing of a diaper might sit upstream of the changing of a heart. How the changing of a heart might sit upstream of the changing of the world. Amen. Oh, that's so sweet. Whoa. But I mean, like the title suggests, right? The the point of the book is to remind us that we can pray about all things. We can see, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, God as our rescue in all things, even in the valley. What do you always call it, Dave? The valley of the changing the valley of the diapers. diapers. Yeah. Valley of the diapers. Yes. The hard phase of life. Yeah, though I walk <laughs> through the valley of the diapers. Mm. <laughs> I fear no evil. Mm. And there again, you see what I was saying earlier, the collision of of the spiritual with the mundane, right? Like, oh, that's yeah. that's so huge. Yeah. That's crazy. I, uh, mm. <laughs> funny story that I'm almost scared to share in a way. I don't want people to make a theology out of it. So Uh-oh. the other day, <laughs> uh, <laughs> me and Asia were driving, <clears throat> and I was like, Whataburger sounds nice, right? And uh, she was like, yeah, it does. And I was like, God, could you bring us some Whataburger? Or me, if she doesn't want any. And <laughs> she was like, I don't want any. I was like, well, bring me some if she doesn't want any. So the next day, I kid you not, uh, I had no plan. Steve Guest says, hey, Kendrick, Chris, if you guys want, I can bring Whataburger. That's and then awesome. I went home and told Asia, I was like, you should have prayed, God, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome I love it love just it. gonna start it's texting Kendrick once a week hey you want some Whataburger <laughs> <laughs> that's good 
It shows how humorous God is, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, you thought. <laughs> yeah, I was being funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything else about prayer? What do we need to know? We got to move on to Bible study soon. I think, okay, I think, like, so like growing up, I grew up in like a super legalistic church, right? And mm-hmm. they they like taught that prayer is like a serious thing. Like you need to write out your prayers and like, they have to be like five to 10 minutes long. If you're not, then you're not like good enough basically. Mm. And I was like always so afraid like of saying the wrong thing or like anyways, but then like, and then I got to a place where I, I like started going to a church that like, people didn't value that as much and it was like the exact opposite of like yeah we pray but it's like thank you god for (laughs) like this food and like and and that's a good thing but it was just the exact opposite of like what i had learned and so it was so weird i don't know and then i got to like an actual good church and like the perspective change was just so like crazy like i learned that like prayer is literally just talking to God, like about anything, you know, like it can be about anything. Like there's a time and a place where like there are, there are like serious things that need to be prayed for or over, but, or people that need to be prayed over and all of that. But like day to day, like it's literally just talking to God, like above all, like he's our dad. Right. Like, Mm. and he just want, and he, we need that like intimate, intimate relationship and if you're gonna do that it is it should be like informal to a point right like it's just talking and saying like this is how i'm feeling right now and i know you know and i know you love me Mm. so like be here with me right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. but i didn't know that and i don't know i just feel like prayer sometimes is seen as a super serious thing and like it doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that Oh, good. Okay, I'll go first. That makes me think of, uh, I think it was a Show Them Jesus book. Do you guys remember? Uh, mm. it, it talked about, and it's focusing on training, you know, children and teens, um, you know, how to see Jesus throughout Scripture. And But part of it was talking about prayer and, and uh, basically taking all the rules off of prayer, if that makes sense. So, you know, mm. we'll always be in children's ministry usually and we'll say something like, you know, bow your heads and close your eyes and, you know, repeat after me, dear God, whatever, you know, like that's how we've historically kind of looked at training, praying, but this mm-hmm. was saying, you know, take all the rules off. Don't, don't care if kids have their eyes open or not. Don't worry about holding, holding hands like together. Like all of that sometimes is helpful to limit distractions, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what it was there for. But, uh, you know, let them talk to God. However, let them talk about whatever. They're just like, I don't know, really good from the opposite of, you know, everything's got to be done right. And this is super serious too. And mm-hmm. we're talking to God. So just do it. Let's try it. I don't remember if that even was show them Jesus or not, but I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. That was in there. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I was going to say, I, I, I've been aware of this tension. I think it's not a bad tension. I, I don't think it's an either or thing. Mm-hmm. Because, but it, I, what I think some of what you're describing, Eunice, is a great conversation of the interplay between our structured services and our personal worship 
by ourselves, right? And so there's a there's the difference between public prayer and private prayer. Mm-hmm. So that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between formal prayer and informal prayer. And I think there's a place for both things. Um, and totally. what, but what you're describing is when we either are taught or just wrongly perceive that there's only one place and one way to pray. So if we mm-hmm. only, if our whole spiritual existence is just the church service, then we're only going to get one, probably one type of flavor of what mm-hmm. this looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just, I've talked a lot to just artists about what a tragedy that would be to say, the mm-hmm. only place I could ever do art is on the stage during the one hour we meet together. Like that's the only mm-hmm. way place I can glorify God with my art. And mm-hmm. so I've, I'm like, no, man, that would be, that would be devastating to the world if that was the only place. It's an amazing place. It's an important place, but it's only one slice of, of how you could use your gift. And I think the right. same thing is for prayer. Like we should, like Dave said, let's have beautiful written epic book long prayers mm-hmm. on one end. And then let's also have just these simple, like heartfelt three word prayers that are mm-hmm. just completely honest. But, but they're just being aware of that. Like, what happens on Sunday morning by leaders may be a different need and a different solution and a different thing than what can and should happen with me kneeling at the side of my bed. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I definitely see a value of both. I just, it was because I had been taught one way for such a long time. Sure. I thought that any informal way was wrong. Sure. And then, mm-hmm. and I just thought that like, I would be judged be if I did either, right? Like mm-hmm. if I did this crazy long prayer of like touching every single aspect in life mm-hmm. and or doing like a super informal prayer like God help me the end. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I will say it is wrong to start with hey God. I think that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. Uh the I kind of shaped like Eunice growing up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Hosea 14 says when you go to God, take words. And then Matthew 6 is like, don't pray like the heathens with these vain repetitions. Mm-hmm. And so when I was learning to pray growing up, it was like, you can't say the same phrase twice. If you do, you're heathen. Mm-hmm. Use words, like actually speak to God. So this whole idea of like structured prayer was drilled in me. But something mm-hmm. that freed me. Mm-hmm. was a book that Dave recommended on Sunday, which was <laughs> A Praying Life by Paul Miller. One of the things he says mm-hmm. in that book is um, two reasons people struggle to pray is they have a dysfunctional relationship with God mm-hmm. or they focus too much on prayer and not enough on the God they're praying to. Mm-hmm. think that freed me up a ton because mm-hmm. it made me stop focusing on, am I praying formally or informal? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus talking to God. And I think agreeing with Chris in the proper setting, I think with practice of that, it'll come out uh, the correct way. But mm-hmm. I think that was helpful too from that book. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good book. And the other thing I would throw in too is just for people that are unsure about written prayers is that's that's what we're doing when we sing worship songs. The, the, that's mm-hmm. unified beautiful praying is what <laughs> is what it is you know um so so we do it you know even 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 groups that are very against you know structure still sing and that's that's structured structured praying so mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it be- written prayers better be okay. We do that all day on Sunday. We yeah. tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, I would say, and then as a, you know, next step from that is like, if you connect more, if you, you know, you feel closer to God when you worship, that a lot of people said that on a, we did a Facebook response thing. A lot of people were saying, talking about that specifically music and worship. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. that's good, right? Like, you can do that in your own time. Like Chris was saying, like, Sunday worship is not the only worship. Just like Sunday praying is not the only praying. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can worship in your own time, in your own uh, space. You can make that more a part of your quiet time. I think a lot of people just think of, uh, if I'm going to have spiritual disciplines I practice on my own by myself, it'll just be prayer and Bible reading. You know, now we're saying, well, what about fasting? Well, there's also singing. You know, singing to the Lord, I think, is a great practice, so. There's also being silent. There's also... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we're running out of time. Bible study is supernatural resistance. Anything mm-hmm. about Bible study? Plugging three by five groups? Yeah, yeah. plugging three by five groups. Start some three by five groups, number one. Number two, recognize that um, we live in an information age where lots of people know a little bit about everything, but nobody's deep. Everybody is really, really, really shallow. So that would be my big mm-hmm. challenge to the next generation, especially through you know political debates and the divisiveness you see on social media. I see a lot of mm-hmm. people just posting things about the Bible and ideas about stuff. And I'm like, like, did you read that? You know, <laughs> or are you just reposting something else? And uh, yeah, we need we need to be people that really know the book, and I just I just think it's important. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're getting to a place of too just being aware of your medium of your mm-hmm. how you're reading the Bible. Like, mm-hmm. so we talked about the beauty of audio Bibles. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. The I think the beauty of having a Bible on your phone uh, all the time. There's beauty mm-hmm. to that, but mm-hmm. also being aware that that has an effect on you as a human. You know, like mm-hmm. do you, I wonder if we're mm-hmm. getting to a place where people will start not even owning a physical Bible, and mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. haven't even really delved into the. Like mm. we're still humans and our brains still work a certain way. And mm-hmm. we, we have mm-hmm. done studies on what your brain does when you stare at a screen. And mm-hmm. it's mostly not good, <laughs> like as far as we can tell. So <laughs> I just think bad. that would be a that would be a thing to try if mm. if there's someone out there that mostly reads on their phone or or something mm-hmm. is like get a get a physical printed Bible and try mm-hmm. writing, you know, maybe you mm-hmm. mostly type your journal. Try writing your journal. I don't know. You mm-hmm. know, so there's there's something <laughs> physical and human about it. Um I'm not gonna say it's like purely better or or purely worse but it's a thing to try for sure i think Mm -hmm. Uh, you might be able to reach greater focus and it may be hard at first to just have a printed thing in front of you and stare at it for an extended period of time (laughs) but maybe you're you know you need to grow that muscle i don't know i know i do well (laughs) a great way to do it if you're a kinetic like if you're um, a mover and you find it hard to read is just copying say i'm just going to copy a paragraph or a chapter or, you know, whatever cool. is reasonable mm-hmm. for you in your time. But I'm going to copy some Bible every day in a notebook or in a journal or whatever. Um, cool. That can be a way for your, it, you're reading it, but you feel more, you know, engaged. So mm. That made me think, because you, you, another, sorry, Joey, if I'm going too far ahead. Another no, thing you said was uh, uh, we should memorize scripture. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of made me think, what are some ways that you guys use to help memorize scripture mm-hmm. well writing it out is actually that's what i was going to say i use that mm-hmm. to memorize for sure 
Mm-hmm. There was a man. This is gonna sound bad, but whatever. Mm-hmm. One time I was at NTC. If you were in the army, you know NTC. And we were doing a training, and I had my notebook, and I pretended like I was taking notes, but I was literally I was trying to memorize the whole book of James. So I was literally <laughs> writing out the whole book of James in this class that I was supposed to be learning stuff. So that's a really good. You know, whatever. But that's awesome. Man, he's taking a lot of notes. It's like yeah. nope, I just am from memory writing out the book of James. <laughs> that's that's awesome. so Anyways. cool. I think that's the right way. Yeah, I, I think it. different people have different memorization like channels. Like writing helps some people more, and just saying it over and over again helps some people more. Um, yeah, I think I would just say mm-hmm. try try all of the above. Got to got to say music. That music. But music. I'll say we we touched on it in the hanging in the lobby. But I'll say this too, though. What's funny is I see people collect a tool. And then hang it on the wall in the garage and never use it, right? Like mm. memorize the song <laughs> and then never ever like sing it again when you need it. And I, yeah. I do the same thing, but it's like uh, like the kids' songs we're doing the hand motions to. Like I want you to know, adults even you've been hurt hearing these songs <laughs> we're doing hand motions to. Like that's a tool, and you really can use that somewhere. Like. Um, I've learned the secret of being content, you know, like, are we using that tool? Are we, are we, you know, it's probably already in your heads, but are you Mm -hmm. like activating it? So next time you feel really sad and overwhelmed and depressed, you should start doing the hand chopping motion. (laughs) (laughs) What could separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? And shoveling. And the shoveling. (laughs) In Walmart. (laughs) In line at Walmart. I want it to happen, people. Let's start a movement. It's be good. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So good. Good call. Mm. Liturgical dance, man. Thanks for introducing it to Grace Bible Church. <laughs> <laughs> a long time coming. I, I'm always, I'll have to say, like behind the scenes note, I'm just dying laughing that these goofy hand motions I made up are now being like, we have a whole team of people who has to do them on stage. <laughs> like, so when I'm leading those and I'm laughing, it's because like, this is so bizarre and amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But it's a form of praise. Like, it's not that yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Dancing is a form of praise. Well... For those of us that are more Western in our mindset, it feels very bizarre. I know. It's super weird. <laughs> We're like, culturally we, we prejudiced like a, against dancing. Yeah, <laughs> we had like an actual like hand motion team like growing yeah. up. Whoa. We had like a skit team. We had like yeah. a hand motion team. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was real. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Kendrick, I'm sure you oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking Come about. From church, we have <laughs> banners and flags and toes yes. flank and yeah. 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 Painting. I'm not, I'm not saying that part's bizarre. What I was trying to say is I was sitting in my office at one point and thought, what hand motion could I do for that? Karate yeah, chops. Yeah, yeah. And now forever and ever that's spreading karate across chops. the world. <laughs> that's the weird so part. So much jumping around too. So much yeah. jumping. Yes. Oh, man. It's important. Jumping. Yeah. Jump for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping. It's really is a hard to sing discipline. and jump at the same time, I will say that. Mm-hmm. So Jordan was, I said, jumping and singing is really hard a mm-hmm. lot of the time. So mm-hmm. Jordan was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So y'all did that in Jordan with the kids? Yeah, a mm-hmm. lot, a lot. A lot. <laughs> Gotta cool. love it. Maybe one day we'll get to go back to Jordan, huh? Yeah, yeah. we need to. Mm. So good. I got my passport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ready to go. All right. Anything else about reading the Bible? Sorry, about Bible study? 
Bible study. Is there a difference between Bible study and reading the Bible? Quick. Yeah, not really. I was okay. just trying to go go tougher. Add the word study. Make it sound more intense. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's fair. I think one one helpful thing I was going to ask Dave, maybe you <laughs> can just describe a little bit. Um, what What's just like a basic process if you're reading the Bible and you... I don't know, you don't understand a word, or you want to know more about it, what what do you do? Is Does someone need to have a special tool, a special book, a special website? You know, mm. what's what's like the next yeah. level? So there's there's reading it and praying through it, but if you wanted to go a little deeper, what would you yep. suggest for those who haven't done that before? Well, there's like the sky's the limit with the internet, right? But I would say <laughs> a good basic starting place is a good study Bible. And the two best, I think, are the ESV Study Bible, like, there's a million kinds of ESV study Bibles, but, like, that's the name, the ESV study Bible. That one's good. Like and the thing. NIV study Bible. They're both really thick. Um, I think the ESV has a little more kind of pastoral notes. The NIV tends to have more just the facts kind of notes. So, depending on your temperament, you know, you might, you might actually get more kind of applicational pastoral theology in the ESV study Bible. But with the NIV, it's more like... This is the archaeology or the history or the, you know, word issue here. You know, they're more just facts. Um, and so those are just great study Bibles. But online, there's all kinds of tools, man. There's uh, Bible.org. You can go really deep, probably deeper than a lot of people could handle. There's Blue. What's it? Blue? That's I don't blue use that letter. one. But blue, blue Letter. Board. Blue Letter. Blue Letter. Blue Letter. Mm-hmm. That one's really good, I think. Um because there are Slow. tools that I use that are more language based, and I'm not great at the languages, but I'm you know I know enough of the languages that I can use, you know, language tools on the computer that that maybe a regular someone that didn't know Greek or Hebrew couldn't use. Uh, mm-hmm. What are other? I mean, what are some other ones out there that y'all use? I use Logos Nine. Oh, dude, that's like the professional one. Yeah, that's Nine. I haven't even heard of Nine. Wow. It it just came out. I just upgraded it from eight dude, to nine. Dude, that's like big time. literally last week. I just upgraded from seven to eight because I stopped asking oh, for money to upgrade from seven to eight. That's oh. why, because nine is up. All right, cool. <laughs> so tell me, Kendrick, using that stuff, uh, not like you can't read Greek, but it, there's enough English transliteration and stuff that I mean, it's you could hover. You word? could hover over the Greek word, and it gives mm-hmm. you it in English and everything too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It does. Cool. They've got tons of like expository dictionaries in there for Greek mm-hmm. and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. But that costs a lot uh, of money, though, right? That one's expensive. Yeah, that version. I mean, logos mm-hmm. in general, right? It's expensive. They've got a they've got a free actually they got a free version for people who just want to do regular home okay. Bible study, and they just have and a couple of English translations on it already. Yeah, and okay. every month they send out a. Like a free thing, free book, a yeah. free book or that's cool. Um, devotional or something on there that so goes with it too. Logos is a web app or something you can download, and it's mm-hmm. basically a library, right? Of yeah. just mm-hmm. books and commentaries, and it's yeah. really helpful. Okay, and I think practicing too is helpful. Like um, one thing, I think a lot of people a trap that people fall into. You look up a word, what the word means. I would encourage people to then look up every similar word get a thesaurus and look up every variation of that word and then look up other verses in the bible you know to like follow a theme because a lot of times there are themes in the bible uh and it's hard to follow if you're just looking for one word you know you can 
you can with these tools online or with a concordance like the flip to the back of the bible thing you can look up one word and find other places but it's also helpful to look up you know I'm trying to think of a word that would be like um gosh what's a word that's translated different ways last week we a couple weeks ago i talked about the word end and it's like mature and it's completion and you know like there'll be one greek word that's translated in five english words so it's just helpful to try to get creative and to come at it from different angles there are little notes in the bottom of your bible that are like here's a cross-reference go ahead and look up all those cross-references you know just look them all up and those are good habits to get into Mm. sweet well i think we are more than out of time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and since eunice started eunice has to end it Boom. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Sunday Recap, and we will see you next week. Good job, Eunice. (laughs) So cheerful. I like it.